Chapter 9 Joanna jerked to consciousness and sat up. Footsteps paused outside her cell, and light inched under the door. Keys jingled and the lock tumblers turned with a ponderous clank. Maybe they were going to give her some food at last. She stood up and smoothed back her hair as a burly guard marched into the room. He held a club in one hand, ready to swing. Surely he didn't expect a hungry, exhausted pregnant woman to strike out at him. You've got a visitor, the guard announced. He stepped back into the corridor as a tall man swept past him, carrying a lantern. The door slammed shut, leaving Joanna alone with Gabriel Stone. Joanna couldn't believe how relieved she was to see the red-haired doctor. She was so relieved, in fact, that she had to keep herself from rushing to him and flinging her arms around him. His light cologne veiled the fetid smell on the air and gave her hope that a better, cleaner world still existed. Gabriel raked her with an intense stare and then cast an equally intense gaze at her surrounds. My God! His frown pushed up his full upper lip. It's worse than I imagined. Have you never seen this place? No, and I wish to God you hadn't either. He set the lantern on the floor. She stepped closer so she could talk without being overheard. Any news of my sister? I'm afraid not. She has a boyfriend, Aidan Bannister. He lives on Chesterfield Lane. Check there. Bannister, Aidan, I will call upon him tonight. Gabriel gave her another careful inspection and touched her upper arm. But what about you? Are you all right? She nodded and had to fight back a flood of emotions when Gabriel gave her shoulder a solicitous squeeze. No one ever comforted her. She was the caregiver. Her role had always been to worry and protect, not to seek shelter or assistance from the outside world. Not until this moment, as Gabriel encompassed the top of her arm in his gloved hand, did she realize how much she had been starving for someone to care about her. He ducked to look into her eyes. Are you certain? Yes. She shot him a brave glance. It was amazing how his eyes could transform from dazzling warmth to points of steel, all in the space of an instant. They were points of steel now, bent on assessing her state of mind. Another wave of gratitude washed over her. I've insisted that you be tested as soon as possible. And I demanded they test you tomorrow, but they said it was impossible. They don't have the supplies on hand. When Joanna made a move to turn away in disappointment, Gabriel reached for her other shoulder to keep her in place, facing him. I informed them I could conduct the test in my laboratory, but they said it must be done on the premises. I assume they don't want to take the chance that you might escape. Joanna sighed and drooped. Still, his hands held her. It won't be long, Joanna. The sound of her name, spoken with such encouragement by his rich, deep voice, comforted her and concerned her at the same time. This man had a strange effect on her. She was wary of allowing him to get any closer or seducing her with tender words. She had always kept her own counsel, 
She had never depended upon anyone but herself, and she had never allowed a man to touch her, especially as intimately as this. Joanna pulled out of his gentle grip. You don't have to worry about me, citizen, and don't waste any more time visiting me. Find my sister instead. His eyes clouded. Her use of the word citizen had been a subtle rebuff, but he had noticed it. As you wish, and if I am here more than a week, there are my plants to consider. Plants? She nodded and glanced at his face. She hoped his boyish appearance was the window to an honest soul, and not a mask that hid a deceitful nature. She didn't think he was underhanded. He didn't feel disingenuous to her. But she had no experience with men. How could she expect to read a male, especially one that scrambled her thoughts and tugged at something wild and restless inside her? She felt as if he had the power to reach into her, grab an inner fiber like a taproot, and induce her to go anywhere he desired to take her. I... I have a garden. She licked her lips, struggling to get her mind off her inner fibers and her thoughts off his hand. She could distract herself by telling him about her garden. It wouldn't hurt. He knew about her rebellious sister. He knew where she lived. He knew all her secrets now. I have a hidden garden. Where? On top of a building? What building? The glass tower. His eyebrows shot up. In the Forbidden Zone? She nodded, watching him and wondering how he would react to her confession. She could be executed for entering the glass tower, but he could be executed for helping her help her sister, so she was fairly certain he would keep her secrets to himself. His eyebrows came down as his navy eyes studied her. Joanna, that building is off-limits for a reason. I know. Now? What do you mean, now? When I was a child, I didn't know the building had been constructed with toxic material. I just knew it was a place to play. You played there? Yes. If you go to the top, there is sunshine sometimes. We went up there a lot. And now I have a garden up there, a greenhouse of sorts. That building is at least twenty stories, twenty-one. How do you get up to the roof? The stairs? He gave her another sharp inspection. Twenty-one stories? How do you carry water to your garden? I don't. I discovered I could get vapor out of the air, enough for my plants to grow. How? I devised a system to condense the mist. Really? Interest and admiration flickered in his eyes. The expression warmed her more than his kindness had warmed her a few minutes ago. Will you show it to me sometime? Your garden? If I don't get out of here, you may have to go there on my behalf. Why? My system doesn't water the plants. That I have to do by hand. What do you grow? Mostly vegetables, some herbs. She glanced at the stone wall of her prison as she thought of her most prized plant. But I, I have one indulgence, a bat flower. I found it growing there when I was a child, and I've managed to keep it alive ever since. Amazing. He crossed his arms. Perhaps that's why you are so tall. What do you mean? You actually got some sun. 
When she paused to consider the theory, he added, Like your plants. Or maybe it was the toxic fumes. He slanted a smile at her. Her dark humor wasn't lost on him. How unusual. Most people didn't understand her sardonic sense of humor and waved off her remarks with annoyance or, worse, gave her a blank stare. But this man seemed to understand her on a core level. Gabriel was about to make a reply when the guard came clomping down the corridor. Gabriel picked up the lantern. Looks like our time is up. He reached for her hand and gave it a light squeeze. Don't despair, Joanna. I will get you out of here, soon, and find my sister? Yes. The door swung open. Visit's over, citizen. Still holding her hand, Gabriel stared down at her. Again, she had the oddest compulsion to embrace him. Something told her that she shouldn't let him leave without pressing into the warmth of his slender chest and hugging him. Judging by the expression on his face, he appeared to be struck by a similar urge. Never in her life had she experienced such magnetism. But neither of them made a move toward each other. Come on, citizen. The guard cocked his head at the corridor. I don't have all night. After Gabriel left and took the light with him, Joanna sank back onto her cot. She slouched, feeling hungry and abandoned. She tried to cheer herself with the fact that she wouldn't be in this hellhole for long and that she could endure it. Then something ran over her boot. Joanna shrieked and jumped to her feet. She peered at the stone floor, but the darkness of the cell prevented her from seeing distinct shapes. All she could see were the cracks around the door and the line of her cot. She suspected a rat was in the cell with her. Probably more than one rat. She hugged her arms and paced the small room, hoping her forward motion would keep the creatures at bay. She would not sleep again in this place. Or so she thought. When someone pounded on the door an eternity later, Joanna woke up with a start. She couldn't believe she was lying on the cot. She couldn't remember going to sleep, much less acquiescing to recline in the rat bed. The door scraped open. Joanna blinked and stood up, hoping the faint light would hide her disarray. She had to relieve herself and wondered where they expected her to vent her bladder. As lantern light filtered into the cell, she spotted a covered bucket in the far corner. She hadn't noticed it before. She should have been able to smell the location, but then everything in this place smelled of human excrement and filth. She was glad Eva had not been subjected to this prison. Her sister's tender constitution would not have been able to endure it, and her looks would have placed her in jeopardy. Visitor, the guard announced. Joanna was not surprised to see Gabriel Stone appear in the doorway. She searched his face, anxious for news of her sister. Surely that was why he had returned so soon. But his expression told her nothing. He was a master at hiding his thoughts behind a complacent mask when it served his purpose. This time, the guard did not leave them alone to talk, and this time Gabriel carried a small leather bag, the kind used by doctors when calling on patients. "'Good evening, Citizen Wilder,' Gabriel said. 
How are you faring? I haven't been eaten by my rat roommates yet, so I count myself lucky. Gabriel gave her a grim smile. She heard the guard snort. What time is it? she asked. Almost dawn. Gabriel deposited his bag on the cot and indicated for her to sit down. I convinced the powers that be to allow me to conduct the second test, seeing as I have the equipment and the expertise. Joanna nodded and sat on the edge of the cot. As long as the guard observes the process, I am allowed to take your blood, and the results will be considered official. He nodded at her shoulder. Roll up your right sleeve, please. Joanna obeyed him. But as she rolled the threadbare sleeve, she glanced up at the scientist and caught his eye. And your other patient? The one you were worried about? His gaze told her that he understood the question. Unfortunately, there has been no change in her. I'm sorry to hear that, as am I. He sat down next to her and wrapped rubber tubing around her bicep. He knotted it tightly. Is it too tight? he asked. She shook her head. I will be drawing a small portion of blood from the vein in your arm. Make a fist. She obeyed him and watched him prepare a syringe. She'd never had her blood drawn before and was fascinated by the process. She was curious to see what a volume of her blood would look like. She'd only seen drops of her blood after pricking her finger while mending or after cutting herself with a newly sharpened garden tool. She knew that some women experienced blood loss every month or so, but she had never menstruated. She counted herself fortunate not to have to contend with that messy monthly exercise. Even though she watched the bloodletting process with interest, she couldn't help notice that Gabriel seemed agitated. His breathing came faster, shorter, and he stole only quick glances at the bulging vein in her elbow. He seemed perturbed at the sight of the blood vessel. She looked into his face. He avoided eye contact and remained businesslike in both action and expression. Keep making a fist, he cupped her elbow. His hands were gloved and his touch was polite. His voice was cold and removed as well, almost an afterthought. Was he worried about doing this? Surely he must have drawn blood countless times before. Is this dangerous? she asked. Not at all. You seem nervous. I am not, I assure you. He smiled, but the expression was more a quirk of lips than a sign of encouragement. She didn't believe him. This may pinch, Joanna. He slipped the needle into her bulging vein. Joanna felt a hot stab, but didn't flinch. Instead, she watched Gabriel withdraw a column of blood from her arm. The fluid was as dark as the beet that had been cooked and sliced open, and it flowed out of her like a fountain. She was amazed how quickly her life force poured into the vial. She noticed that both she and Gabriel stared at the blood, each of them hypnotized by the rising level in the glass tube. When the vial was full, Gabriel gently removed the needle and tubing and let out a breath. He'd been holding his breath odd. He pressed a pad of cotton over the puncture. All done. That's it? That's the test? The first step. Hold that cotton in place for a minute. She obeyed while he capped the vial. She noticed that Eva's name was written on the label. 
What's next, then? We examine your blood. A certain hormone can be detected in the blood of a pregnant woman very early on. Even if nothing shows outwardly? Yes. How long does the rest of the test take? If I do it, an hour. If the central compound sends it to their lab, days, weeks. And I'll have to stay here? Unfortunately, yes. Gabriel covered her wrist with his gloved hand. But I will have an answer for them tonight, I promise. I won't have to stay here another night? If all goes well, no. He finally met her gaze, their eyes locked and held, and Joanna felt a wash with the ache to kiss his unusual mouth. He squeezed her hand in reassurance, but then his glance flicked to her neck. He stared at her throat. His breath caught, and patches of color flared on his cheekbones. She saw his lips part, as if something had captured his entire focus and turned him feral. As he stared at her, she felt a shift deep inside her body, like a rusted clockwork lurching to life. Alarmed by his odd behavior and her reaction to him, she pulled away. Her heart thundered in her ears, or it could have been Gabriel's heart making all the noise. She wasn't sure. Flustered, she glanced down and focused on rolling her sleeve back to her wrist. Gabriel seemed alarmed by his reaction as well. He took a sudden breath. All done, he stated, breaking the tenseness in the air. Excellent. He rose and stuffed the vial and equipment into his bag. She observed him as she buttoned her cuff, wondering what had just transpired. In a single breath, his boyishness had turned to wolfishness. She had recognized the change, and so had he. The transformation frightened her, but also fascinated her. No man had ever been affected by her before. She didn't know what to make of it. But she knew one thing for certain. She would have to be on her guard and learn more about this man before she allowed him to touch her again. Gabriel snapped shut the bag and walked to the door. I will let you know the results as soon as possible, citizen. Thank you, citizen. They were back to formalities. That suited her just fine. I shall return as soon as possible, he said. He gave her one last glance and then left her in darkness once again. <laughs>